The following message is from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about Life Source is available at lifesource.org.au. Hey, if you have your Bibles, would you turn to Joshua chapter 1? For those men that got their, their pen, man of faith and courage, I just want to speak to you about what it means to have faith and courage. Is that cool this morning? Now, you know what? This is not just for the men. It's for everybody. Because it's not only men that need to have faith and courage. It's women as well that need to have faith and courage. We all need faith and courage. So this is based from Joshua chapter 1. And I love the book of Joshua. Matter of fact, for me, Joshua is one of my favorite Bible characters. And the reason why he's one of my favorite Bible characters is because he exhibited faith and courage. So Joshua, even, even as a young man, exhibited faith and courage. So when Moses was the leader of Israel, Moses actually chose Joshua to be his assistant. And so he was the assistant to Moses when Moses was leading the children of Israel. Moses saw something powerful in Joshua. And so Moses sent him out one day to spy out this promised land. How many of you remember they got to Kadesh Barnea after having come out of Egypt? They got to this place and, and God had said, right before you is the promised land. And so, so they sent 12 spies to go and look at the land. Two of the spies were Joshua and his friend Caleb. And when the 12 spies came back, they said, wow, this land is awesome. They brought back grapes. Imagine one cluster of grapes where two men have to carry the cluster of grapes. And so this is the deal in my thinking. It was either a really, really big cluster of grapes or they were two very, very weak men. I mean, it's what it was the alternative. But, but I think the answer is there was a very, very big cluster of grapes. But there were also giants in the land. There's also challenges. And so 10 of the spies came back and said, the land is truly amazing, but the giants are big. They're bigger than us. I don't think we can beat them. And Joshua and Caleb come back and say, yeah, the land is fantastic. There's giants in the land, but God's for us. And if God's on our side, we can do everything. Come on, let's take it. This is the promise of God. Already, as a young man, he had that sort of attitude. He had that attitude of faith. Well, you know the story. The ten spies talked them out of moving in. And so they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And all that generation died out except for two. And that was Joshua and Caleb. So now Moses is at the end of his life. And Moses says it's time to hand on the baton. And who does he choose to hand the baton to but Joshua? And so Moses then stays on the mountain and, and, and dies on the mountain. But Joshua now is ready to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. And that's how Joshua opens up. The book of Joshua opens up. Joshua is ready to take three million people into the promised land. And God speaks to him. And this is what God says to Joshua in verse 5 of chapter 1. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong 
and very courageous. How many of you know that when God says be strong and very courageous on quite a few times, you probably need strength and courage? How many of you know there's probably lots of challenges on the way? And, um, and that, that you may observe to do according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Everybody say the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. See, right there, that's faith. Right there, that's faith. Faith that says, no matter what I confront, God is with me. No matter where I go, God is with me. What a powerful thought to have in mind. That God will never leave us nor forsake us. To have faith is the foundation stone of a healthy life. I don't believe that those that do life without faith actually lead a fulfilled life. Now, they will probably argue with me and say, how dare you say that of me? But I, I, I believe that there's something missing if you haven't got faith in God. How can you do life without an understanding that there, there was someone before us and there's someone after us? There was a creator that created this world and one day we're going to have to stand before him. You can press the lead on that, but it doesn't change the fact that there is a God. And, and faith basically says, God exists. I'm actually going to do life connected with him. I'm actually going to do life absorbing his strength. And I want to say to you that people that do that have a confidence and a foundation that people that don't have faith are missing. I actually feel sorry for those that don't have faith. And yet their argument is, I feel sorry for you for having faith. And my answer is, how does that affect me negatively? I, I, I believe that one day I'm going to stand before God and that accountability helps me stay on the straight and narrow. I, I, I believe not only that, but the greatest thing that ever happened in the world, God sending his son to die upon the cross was a significant event. Matter of fact, nobody that has any intelligence would deny the fact that Jesus walked this planet. It, it's, it's an historical fact. Jesus walked this planet. But to obliterate who he was is not smart. To find out why this one man that lived 2,000 years ago has changed the outcome of this planet. Why, why this one man who never wrote a book, Jesus never wrote a book, and yet there have been more books written about this man than anyone else. There's been more architecture and more, and more stories and more paintings painted about Jesus than anyone else. This man who changed the course of history. That even today, when we talk about B.C. and A.D., before his coming and after his coming, he divided history right down the middle. Some people are wanting to change that. But the fact is that we live in 2017 A.D., after Jesus, he divided history. We talk about B.C., before Jesus, he divided history. What's the purpose? God came. To reveal to us the message of heaven. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. 
that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God loving us so much that he wanted to give us a message of life. See, faith, faith is connected to that. And when you have faith, it becomes the foundation point of your life. I'll I'll never forget uh, one day taking my mother up to North Head. And um, my mother came to Australia in 1958 to marry a man that she had not seen for six years. Last time she saw this man was when she was 16 years of age. Then she gets a letter six years later saying, would you come to Australia and marry me? And, and, and I, I took it to North Head because I said, Mum, in 1958, your ship came through the heads here in Sydney. You were, you were just a 23-year-old young lady. What were you thinking? What were you thinking? People change. There was no guarantees that your life would have turned out beautiful. There was no guarantees your life was going to turn out the way that it turned out. How can someone leave the shores of Italy not even knowing where Australia was? My mother never went to school. She didn't study geography had no idea. Matter of fact, when she left Italy in June, in May 1958, she didn't even know they spoke English in this country that she was going to. She thought everybody spoke Italian because her world, everybody did. And my attitude is, why wouldn't they? But maybe when we get to heaven, because it is the language of angels, but never mind, we won't get Anyway. The point, the point is this, I, 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 and I asked her and I said, Mum, what possessed you? What, what made you leave Italy to go to the other side of the world, a place that you had, it took us six weeks to get here. What, what possessed you to make such a decision? And this is what she said to me. I prayed and I felt the Holy Spirit said, your destiny is in Australia. It's faith. That's what it is. It's faith. It's faith. And so that faith becomes a foundation stone in your life. And you know what? I've decided to do exactly the same thing. I decided in my life, I wasn't going to make decisions without faith. And so my faith is involved in, God, what do you want me to do? I believe that you exist. I believe that you're in charge of the universe. I believe that you're in charge of my life. What is your will for me? And can I just say to you that every single major decision that I've ever made in my life, I've made it with that prayer, God, would you lead me? God, would you guide me? And you know what? I'm here today because of faith in being led by God. See, that's faith. Faith. Be a man of faith. And here's here's, here's Joshua right at the very beginning. God, it's a daunting task to lead three million people. Moses was the leader. He struggled, and he's Moses, and now I got the job. God, you're going to have to help me. And God said, just stay in that faith connection. I'm in charge of this. Stay connected to me. Then the next thing is courage. Everybody say courage. Courage is the ability to make the right decision. Courage is the ability to make the right decision. So your life right now is a combination of all the decisions that you've made. Of course, there are struggles. 
But you know what? You can spend the rest of your life blame shifting people, blame shifting all your problems. It's not my fault. But the fact is that you're in charge of the decisions that you make. And a good life is connected to good decisions. A terrible life is connected to terrible decisions. So do you want to make good decisions or terrible decisions? Who wants to make good decisions? Three of you. Okay, for the three of you that want to make good decisions, let me help you. Courage makes decisions out of conviction, not convenience. So conviction is this knowing that what I'm doing is right and I have a basis for it being right. Whereas convenience is, well, it just suits me at the moment. How many of you know that when you do something that suits you at the moment, it might not suit you later on. It suits you at the moment. And sometimes in suiting you, it might not be the right thing to do. But it's the convenient thing to do. A lot of people are in a mess because they've made decisions based on convenience rather than conviction. Courage makes decisions based on peace, not panic. Peace, not panic. See, panic is... Is, is, is where you've got to make a decision. And salespeople will use this all the time to get you to make a decision. They, they press the panic button. You know, this deal will go. If, if you don't take it up today, it'll go. And so you get panicked. And so many people panic, make decisions based on panic rather than peace. Just settle down. Settle down. Can I just say to you that the decision of a lifetime comes up almost every day? So just be relaxed. Don't let people panic you. Just make sure that your decision is in peace. When it's in peace, it's probably a better decision than when it's in panic. And, and thirdly, courage comes out of making decisions out of revelation, not manipulation. Revelation, not manipulation. And manipulation is where people use guilt or pressure to make, you a, make a decision. And uh, we, we live in a society where we want to do the right thing for people. And, and, and I love the way how, how Asian culture and Italian culture are very similar. See, the, um, the Asians have the losing face. And so it's easy to be manipulated out of the losing face idea. It's the whole thing. You can't, you've got to make this decision because if you don't, you'll lose face. The Italians have a similar thing, except they call it bella figura. Bella figura means good impression. And so it's about impressing people. And it's about you've got to make a decision based on what will people say, what will people think. And it's called manipulation. Because how many of you know that the crowd doesn't always get it right? And so the crowd will always want to force you a particular way. And, you know, and, so, and so manipulation is not the way to make decisions. How many, of you, how many of you want to know how to make decisions? Okay, let me give you very quickly some principles on making right decisions. Are you ready for this? Number one, align your decisions with the Word of God. Come on, let me say it again. See, this book is called the Bible. It's God's Word. It is powerful. It doesn't change. Heaven and earth will pass away, but this book will last forever. It's the word of God. In it are the principles of life. It's the manufacturer's handbook. God made us. He put together in the manufacturer's handbook how we work. 
you find that people that are breaking down are breaking down because they haven't got the manufacturer's handbook in their hearts. But you put the manufacturer's handbook and it tells you how to operate properly and correctly. So if the Bible says don't do it, don't do it. If the Bible says you can do it, do it. Because it's the, it's the book of life. Can I just say to you, every other book changes. So whatever psychological books you're reading at the moment, in 10 years' time, they'll be outdated. How many of you know that science books get outdated? But this book's been around for thousands of years. It'll still be around for thousands of years. Heaven and earth will pass away, but not one word will fall short from this book. So make sure that your decisions line up with the Word of God. Number two, ask the following three questions. You want to make a right decision? Here it is. Three questions. Is this decision free from overriding negative emotions? Negative emotions. Do you know when I look over my life and I look at the bad decisions that I've made, they're always connected to a negative emotion. It's either because I've been angry and I've made this, this, this decision because I'm angry when I get even. Bad decision. Always bad decision. Emotional, negative it's going to be bad. It's not going to be good. Or I've been manipulated, or I've been guilty, or I've been ashamed. Or, and it's, you know, there's so many negative overriding emotions, and you want to remove yourself from those things. So ask your question, is this decision free? From, and if it's not, just settle down and wait for that emotion to dissipate before you make a decision. Second question is, will the outcome be a win-win for all involved? A win-win is what you want to go for. What you don't want is to make a decision where you win and someone loses. Why is that? Because the person losing will resent it. And when they resent it, they're going to get payback. You're going to get payback. Sooner or later, you will get... Husbands, listen to me. Wives, listen to me. If you win and your spouse loses, they won't forget very quickly. And it'll come round. So, so, you know, what happens is this, is that you just got to settle down and stop and think, well, what's the win-win? How can we find the win-win? How can we both win out of this situation? And, and sometimes it takes wisdom. Sometimes it takes stopping and getting people to help you find the win-win. But let me tell you something. You can force your way to get a win and the other one loses but it'll come back and bite you later on. Here's the third question. Have I received advice from godly people? Godly people. There are godly people. What's the definition of a godly person? Well, let me tell you the definition of a godly person. Someone that's making good decisions for their lives. That's a godly person. So you look at someone's life. Is, is their life in order? Is their marriage in order? Is their family in order? Are their finances in order? Does it look like the blessing of God is upon their life? If you go, yeah, 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 that's a godly person right there. If, you know, if someone's life is a mess, their family's a mess, their, their, their marriage is a mess, their finances are a mess, but they come to you every second, well, God told me this and God told me that, and, and you get sucked in by that. They can't make decisions for their lives. How are they going to help you make decisions for your life? Excuse the Italian gestures. got to understand this that godly people have got it worked out for themselves and if they've got it worked out for themselves they can help you and so godly people help you see blind spots that you can't see yourself 
then what happens is that when you get advice from a godly person, it'll be, it'll, it'll, it'll be settled and it'll help you. And if it all lines up, the word of God, you know, then, then just, and godly people, then just stop. Number three, stop, pray and wait for God's peace. Because sometimes you can get it right, but get the timing wrong. You can get it right, you can get the word right, but get the timing wrong and the whole thing falls over. So just pray and wait for God's peace. And when you get God's peace, it's the right decision. And if you can follow those very simple words of advice, you'll have courage to make the right decision. And then you can become a person of faith and courage. When you become people of faith and courage, can I just say that life will become so simple. Isn't that what you want for your marriage? To have faith and courage? Be able to make decisions for the rest of your life? See, you're, you're so beautifully young right now. And my, and my prayer for you as a beautiful young couple is that you might live a life that is so blessed, that is so fruitful, that is so full of peace and love and joy. That's my desire for you. And here it is the principle that both of you Faith and courage. Faith and courage. Faith to trust God. Courage to make the right decision. If you can do that, it'll all work together for you. Hey, let me finish this morning. Has that helped anyone at all? Has that been a help to you? Liz, just come and help me bring the plane in for a landing. And my time is up. And I just want to finish off with Joshua. Because Joshua, we started with Joshua. We spoke about Joshua. So he takes the children of Israel into the promised land. They have many battles. They win lots of wars. The children of Israel get the land that was promised to them. They're finally in the promised land. And then he gets to the end of his life. It's like end of Joshua, last chapter of the book of Joshua. And he calls the people together. And he says, hey, guys, I've done it. I've finished my race. It's over. You guys all go to your home. War's over. We've got the land. I'm finishing up, handing in the baton. And then he finishes off with these words. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. That's the decision that we made. That's the decision my father-in-law made when he married my beautiful mother-in-law. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. It's the decision that my mum and dad made when they got married in June of 1958 at Petersham Assemblies of God, right there in Petersham. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. It was a decision that Anne and I made on the 13th of December, 1980, when we got married. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I want to say to you that if you want to be people of faith and courage, would you make that decision today? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve Jesus. We're going to honor God. It's Him. It's all about Him. It's all about putting Him first. It's not being stressed by what's going on around us. I'm not listening to the media. I'm not listening to the radio. I'm not listening to the television and causing their stress to come upon me. I'm listening to the Word of God. I'm listening to the 
the Holy Spirit. I'm letting his peace come upon me because he's got it. In a world of tragedy, in a world of disaster, in a world of bad news, I'm not listening to that. I'm listening to Almighty God who's got the world in the palms of his hands, who's got the beginning, who's got the end, who's got everything in between. And his attitude is, it will all pass away, but I'm going to be forever. So whose side are you on? As for me and my house, we're on the Lord's side. Is there anybody else here that's on the Lord's side? If you are, give the Lord a great big hand of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're awesome in this place. You are awesome in this place. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes for a word of prayer. Thanks for listening to this message from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at lifesource.org.au to find out more about our church and to also access other free resources.